Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. Been a crazy couple weeks at work, but... Yes. Glad to be here to talk about some Faye. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, we did miss last week. It's weird to think that it's been two weeks since we've had an episode, but, uh... We did take a week off, and we are ready to catch up on Faye, and, and we're actually going to go back in time. We have another special... We'll talk about it, but it seems like Faye has finally figured out what they want to do in April. Let's move into the banners. Uh, we're going to talk about what is happening right now, and uh, we've got the Weekly Revival Banner 7 running, Spring Festival, which is a Special Heroes Revival going into the 23rd, Double Special Heroes going until the 26th, bond of trust going until the 27th and yeah i almost forgot that there's a brand new banner and it is called um childhood encounter which yeah it is a that's the banner name and i i don't know what it goes to i honestly i I made a note for myself to update the notes every time we do this and we had a really good pre-show conversation and uh i could have easily been doing it and i don't know oh it goes until may 19th Woof. We're heading into May, folks. I hope you're ready. Um, what what's the saying? Bring May flowers. Something about April showers bring May flowers. There it is. Well, We've hopefully, had a few yeah. of those April showers the past day or two here. Yes, it is. Last week, I took two days off last week because it was it was spring break, quote unquote, for uh, the for the kids, and uh, yeah, it rained those two days. So that was that was fun. We were stuck inside. Um, there's probably a couple other banners. I think there's a there's another banner running right now as well, but it's uh, it's it's not the it's not the spotlight, which is the new special heroes. And Eddie, you've got a wall of text here. I want to know how how'd your summoning go? I'm gonna look up those other banners. Oh, it's a wall of text because it's multiple banners because we didn't really discuss the bond and trust summoning because uh, it wasn't out but when we last recorded. But I didn't get anything off of the double special heroes banner. But on the Bond of Trust banner, I got uh, Louise off of one of the free summon tickets. And her husband, Pent, refused to be left behind, as you may have spotted in Discord. And he dropped in the same circle as her. Um, hadn't really any deep plans in there, but I decided why not try and get Farina. Uh, or if I you know, don't get her by the time I spark, use the spark to get her. And um, end up getting her shirt shortly before the spark. Uh, was so close close um i uh, was so close to the spark at that point i decided to go ahead and spark it and grabbed Urk from the spark um at that point i kind of slipped into my usual trap of trying to get rid of pity rate and ended up getting a second five star Urk, uh as well as a classic micaiah the one who just got a resplendent version off of a four star boost on the childhood encounter banner that launched today uh early on i got a four star boost in nephany with a Quick young Larachelle. Uh, after two more four-star boosts, one in Eldigan and another Nephany, I got a Byleth Bi- Pity Break. Uh, but shortly after that, I did get a duo young Erica. On a Ring with No Blue, I ended up getting another duo young Erica. Uh, during all this summoning, I was getting a scattering of four-star Leon. Uh, I don't remember how exactly when or how many I got, because they don't pop up with the five stars initially. Uh, but while I started hunting for Tana, I did end up getting two five-star Leons with a Fallen Corn Pity Break and a Fina. 
uh, on one with no five or no blue uh, before getting a couple of four-star boosts, this time being two Ishtars and an Ephraim, uh, original Ephraim. I finally did get young Tana, and at that point I had t- ten young Leons total. So I decided to keep going for a little bit and try and get an 11th one to have a full plus 10 Leo. Uh, and I ended up getting a 4-star boost to the Lincia before clearing my pity rate with a Chris and Anand after getting that final Leon. Wow. You had quite the adventure with your summoning. Oh yeah, quite quite a bit of summoning. Yeah, well that's good. Uh, that is going to offset the fact that I did not do much. Um, I, 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 I stood away from... The uh, the new special heroes and and also the double special heroes. I'm gonna sit here and wonder what should I what should I summon on because I'm coming up on a hundred orbs saved. But the uh, the banners that I missed were heroes with gap skills. That's going for a couple more days, and uh, the tempest trials banner, which will go for another ten days, ending on April thirtieth. So those are the two banners I missed on the listing. Nothing crazy, but you know. Don't want to break with tradition of listing all of them. Uh, looking at the double special heroes banner, I did on my free summon get a four star upgrade for uh, Ziark, the ninja version, I guess. Or is is there another version of him in the game? I don't think there is. That's the only Ziark, and so you got the four star version of him. Well, I got a four star upgrade. No, wait, no, I got the four star version of him. You're right, because he was it's, he doesn't upgrade. He's a special hero, so. Yeah, no, you're right. um, You might have gotten a five-star version of him because he probably was one of the ones, but he was also the four-star of his banner, so you could have gotten a four-star version of him. I I did get a four-star version. Four-star focus. Yeah, four-star focus of of Zihark, and uh, I was pretty stoked about that. I did quickly upgrade him to a five-star version, so maybe that's my confusion. Makes sense. Us going two weeks back, but uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned on the Bond of Trust uh, one that you... You, ha- I actually had some luck there too because I got Luis on one of my free summons, probably on one of the tickets. No Pent though. Pent uh, decided to leave me be, and uh, Luis joined the party. And now I'm just kind of saving up orbs. I am always tempted to look at that double special heroes banner, but I- it always leaves me wanting. I always, I don't normally get what I'm going for. I just get my first five star that's what i'm hoping for but yeah the double special hero banners are great if you don't have any other characters on there or are flexible on what you get but if you want a specific unit then it's you know it's probably better than a normal special heroes banner or a normal banner but it's not perfect because you can always get broken by pity broken by the other special hero yeah i think uh i think i have on the green and I think the reason I was looking at it is because on green and red, I don't have either of the heroes. So maybe I was like, oh, at least half the orbs, half the color choices that pop up, I might have something I can look at. And it's a higher rate. So I, I really, I'm just looking at, yeah. I got a five star from the Bond of Trust. I'm happy to walk away from that one. I'm not super keen on Sacred Stones. And we're going to talk about the banner. There's some cool heroes there and some cool kits and some really interesting new powers that we're going to talk about. Um, so maybe not new, but like they're certainly cool. Uh, we'll talk about those, but I'm, I'm kind of just, I think by next week, obviously I'll be able to report on what I finally decided to do, but 
right now I'm sitting here and I've got almost a hundred orbs and I'm kind of itching to spend them as I tend to do when I get to start getting up near a hundred. So we'll talk about that uh, next week when we return about our with my summons. But uh, what do we what do we have over the next week to look forward to? Well, uh, to go along with the childhood encounter banner, the Princess's Gloom Tempest Trial uh, launches uh, probably today by the time you're hearing this. The start of it all, uh, which I'm pretty sure is the Young Shadow Dragon banner, launches tomorrow on the 21st, uh, along with a round of Pawns of Loki on the 22nd, and the Heroes Bonfire Skills banner on the 23rd. On the 24th, the Gangwell Grand Hero Battle Revival launches with a New round of Hall of Forms and a set of Tome Arts quests starting on the 25th to round out the week. Good stuff coming up this week and uh, looking forward to, uh, oh, I don't know, finishing off Grand Conquest. I, I thought I had a, tr- a good transition there, but I didn't. Um, we're going to talk about... <laughs> Wait, th- does that mood still in the game? I wonder when they're going to do a new version of it. I don't know. Grand Conquest++. plus plus. Just for you, Eddie. <laughs> well, no, just uh, relate. You know, just do a round of just plain old bland conquests. I mean, I think it's been oh. forever since they've done one. So it's true. It's true. Uh, it is not currently running uh, in, in nope, the game. Not at all. No, at least not that I've noticed. I know. I know. You're not looking hard enough, but uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever. But what I have, what I have noticed is that Lena. Uh, is that going to be the next uh, resplendent hero after the Micaiah that just released? Uh, Lelina, the Lady of House Ostia, has received a fire makeover straight from Muspel, uh, and she will be releasing on the 25th, so in about seven or six or seven days. Sweet. And you know so. what? Um, when I originally saw this design, I'm like, ah, I don't really care for Lelina. She's from a game I don't really recognize, but man, the. Uh the the moosebell look and feel like the dark reds and the blacks and stuff and the oranges i think it looks great she she fits because she's a fire mage right so um this might be like the first time in a while where i've i've gone back to back subscriptions obviously i'm paused now i'm waiting to hop back in but i i this is the first time i'm probably going to get six heroes in a row no, I'll admit, I don't remember for sure if Lilina is technically a fire mage, but she always tends to wear red, so it kind of already complements her well, so. True, that's a good point. I don't know for sure if she's a fire mage, I just, she, yeah, she she wears she wears the, the colors of, of a traditional fire mage, the reds, um, but uh, we'll, let's talk about the, the special heroes, um, and I want to talk a little bit about the fact that, uh, so this banner is called childhood encounter uh pour your picnic wine out for the picnic special heroes as it looks like we have our new april special hero regulars after the success of the 30th anniversary heroes last year some sacred stones heroes are returning as younger versions of themselves now eddie before we jump into our first hero which is uh, tana i'm curious correct my you know <laughs> scrambled mind here i always think of the picnic heroes as sort of this random, let's try this, and obviously it wasn't going to stick because it's picnics. Um, was that an April banner, or or my mis- I think it was because it was like kind of spring. Pretty sure it was April. Yeah. Okay. So I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah, I think the first year they didn't do anything in April, but you know, next year they had started shifting, or let's see, 
two years ago at least, they had started shifting to trying to do a um, special hero banner every month. And I'm pretty sure April was when we got that first picnic banner. And then, you know, next, the year after that, uh, we, I can't remember if picnic banner was one or two years before the 30th anniversary one, but they released the 30th anniversary last year and I guess it did well enough or was liked well enough that they felt it was worth continuing. I mean, I was kind of surprised and maybe a little disappointed that they didn't stick with the anniversaries. Because uh, I looked through and um, Genealogy is celebrating its 25th anniversary this year. Hmm. So That would have been interesting to see, yeah. I think that... All right. Hey, all they have to do is release a remake of Genealogy uh, sometime later this year and it all will be forgiven for them skipping over them this year. Don't yeah. don't hold your breath. Uh we'll we'll don't don't no one should do that. That that you might not yes, be I, able to I will not be holding my breath. Good. Uh I, I will be hopeful but I'm not holding my breath. Well that's good. I'm I'm just thinking from the standpoint of last year the special heroes of uh the, the anniversary heroes worked really well and they went with um, Marth game because that was directly related to the the first game in the franchise and in the anniversary they were celebrating exactly and then you go you jump to sacred stones and, and i wonder if that game may have just been do some new heroes or because in the back of my mind i'm like oh that makes sense that's the second game um the second game in the fire emblem franchise is like wait a minute no, no it's not no, it's the it's not. <laughs> second game to come to north america or sorry, release in North America, so that it fits within that narrative. But I, I, I don't know. Do you believe it is eight, maybe nine? Yeah, but it's definitely not I the think second. Blazing Blade was seven, so this should be eight. Yeah, I, it's just it's just one of those things where they've they've chosen this game, and I, I, I like that. All aside, I am excited that this could possibly. I mean, two is a pattern. This could possibly mean that April now becomes the throwback special heroes, which opens up a lot of possibilities. I think that it it could even it even opens up. I think it works for any game in the franchise. You you could really play with that. I saw some um, fan art of uh, I think it's Emerin, Crom, and Lissa. Uh, if yeah. they were to do an Awakening version, which I I thought was pretty cool. Which I wouldn't be surprised if we got an Awakening version. If not next year, the year after. Mm-hmm. I think that would be really I mean, neat. The, for sure. the hardest ones to do, I think, would be three houses and probably genealogy to some degree, or at least second gen genealogy, because they're already kind of young. But I guess they could show slightly younger versions of second gen genealogy. True. Yeah. I mean, I'm not super familiar with those games for obvious reasons, but I'm not super familiar with genealogy either. I'm just saying. You kind of have both groups in there, but I guess they kind of do a time jump, so I guess we could do young versions of second gen yeah. in there. I think there's something in there you could play with, but uh, let's let's get into the heroes. Let's talk about the five heroes. We have almost said four, but we have five. Um, starting things off with Tana, the Frelian Starlight. Tana's the princess of Frelia, and she's always been friendly and outgoing, and even as a child, she loved to go out flying on her Pegasus. Like her older brother Innis, Tana and friends, or sorry, Tana was friends with Ephraim and Erica of Renee. Tana is a blue lance flyer wielding Lance of Frelia, which accelerates special trigger cooldown count minus one. Uh, unit can move to a space within two spaces of an ally. 
uh, within two spaces. And at start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat. And also if unit initiates combat, grants defense slash resistance plus 10 during combat. Tana has a new skill in the B slot called S slash D near trace three, which enables Kanto, uh, Rem plus one, and inflicts speed slash defense minus three on foe during combat. Rounding out the rest of her kit is Draconic Aura as a special steady impact in the A slot and attack slash speed rain three in the C slot. So yes, with Tana and Larachel, we finally get the uh, way they're going to be bringing Kanto to non- uh, non-mythic, or at least two normal units. Uh, so yeah, the new B skill here on Tana and the one on Larachelle, uh bring back Kanto in a new and more traditional form. Uh, Kanto, as you may remember from Regan and Sumia's Refine, allows movement after attack. However, those versions are kind of more powerful in that they don't take into account the initial movement and give them a full amount of attack based on the number in their skill. Uh, or even the movement type of that unit, although I believe they do still follow the same restrictions. Like, I don't think Regan can run through forests or over mountains. Uh, this version is more what you uh, like what you see in traditional games, where you are getting the movement you have left over after attacking. Uh, however, in the case of Tana, with the Rem plus one, which stands for remaining plus one, you actually get one extra space. Uh, these skills are limited only to mounted units, fires, and cavalry. And the version here on Tana is uh, can only be given to melee units. So it uh, appears that that extra space is going to be a common thing for melee characters in their Kanto skills. I expect to see versions of this for all the stat combos we usually see. Uh, you know, this one's speed resistance. Uh, there's probably speed defense, attack resistance. All those other debuffs will probably pop up eventually, uh, though based on how, um, quote-unquote, fast the defensive skills that Mama and Papa Asker brought to the game uh, have been to show up, uh, who knows how long it'll take to get the rest of them. Yeah, that's a really good explanation of, of Kanto. I appreciate that, because like, sometimes when they add new skills to the game, it's there's a lot to unpack, and um, you're yeah. right, Like as they add new skills that then can you know, slowly be fed out to the different skill combos and stuff. Um, there are sorry stat combos. It, it, it's just, this is going to keep coming up. Oh, and I guess this one's, I guess this one's speed defense. The Larachelle one's speed resistance. Sorry. Uh, no, and that's, and it's funny. I mean, you know, I'm saying S slash D and I'm just like, don't worry. Eddie will fill this in. It's, I could probably like, and it's, it's right there. Yes. It's speed slash defense. It's right there in the, uh, in the readout but yeah no it's um it's really interesting and i think if i were to summon on this banner i think blue is a really interesting choice if you want to just get a guaranteed character like you said you're able to plus 10 you know leon or lion just by trying to summon tana that could get yep. pretty frustrating for some I mean, you could get lucky and summon tana before even a single leon or lion shows up but yeah i was having that type of luck. So I got a handful of Leons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned the other ones on Larachelle, right? Yes, Larachelle, the Seeker of Justice. Uh, now, when I get to her weapon, you'll find that they have a very, very complicated way of naming these weapons in this banner. 
just try and bear with us. So the princess of the country of Ralston, and as certain of her glorious future and role to play in it as ever, Laurachelle appears here as a colorless staff cavalry unit. She wields the Staff of Ralston, which has a the built-in of treating damage from it like normal weapons. Also, at the start of turn, it debuffs enemies closest to her within five spaces by resistance minus six in uh, a status that prevents them from count, uh, prevents them from counterattacking. Uh, lastly, if she initiates combo, uh, she gets an attack speed plus six boost during combat. Uh, she comes with one of the new Kanto skills, as we mentioned. Uh, this one is for ranged units, uh, and it is called it is called SR Far Trace, which at tier three, uh, on top of enab- enabling Kanto uh, with just the remaining movement. Uh, like I said, it's a as was explained with the other kind of skill, it allows you to move any unused spaces after attacking. Uh, but for range units, it appears that they're not giving you any extra spaces to move. Um, and that's when you're attacking foes or buildings or assisting any allies, while including uh, while also inflicting a debuff of speed and resistance minus three on the foe during combat. She also comes with rescue plus as her healing skill, windfire bomb plus and the tier 4 version of attack speed push. Sweet. That seems like a pretty good kit. And uh, she doesn't share uh, uh, an orb color with anybody else. So if you're looking for that new skill set. And yeah, I uh, double checked. And yeah, the restrictions on these, they can't be given to infantry or armored units. And uh, Tanas can't be given to anyone who uses a ranged weapon. Uh, so tomes, daggers... Uh, staves, all that stuff, uh, bows, and large shells can't be given to anyone who uses melee weapons. Uh, dragon stones, beast stones, swords, lances, axes. Good. Definitely so. keep that in mind if you're looking to uh, inherit that skill to one of your favorite heroes. Um, next up, we have Lion or Leon Grado's Gaze. Leon had immersed himself in his studies of the sacred stones ever since he was a boy, and he struggled with the question of how people should use their power, or if it should even be used at all. Seems he should have focused a little more on the last point. Uh, Leon is a blue tome infantry unit and wields Tome of Grado, which grants attack plus three, and if foe initiates combat, or if foe's HP is equal to 100% of start at combat, inflicts attack slash resistance minus six on foe, and neutralizes units' penalties to attack slash resistance during combat. And also, if foe is colorless and uses bow, dagger, magic, or staff, grants weapon triangle disadvantage on foe during combat. I was going to say, so he gets a bonus on ranged colorless units. Essentially, the way that is, is, you know, he automatically gets the bonus on ranged red units, or any red units, but the... His weapon gives him a bonus on ranged colorless units because bow, dagger, magic, staff are ranged units. But if they're colorless, he gets an extra weapon. He gets a weapon trailer disadvantage on them as well. Ah, okay, cool. Yeah, no, that sounds really that sounds really neat and and an interesting skill. For uh, did I mention it in here? He's the four star unit, isn't he? 
Yep, he is the four star unit. I don't I know if you didn't mention it before or not. But. I hadn't. I hadn't, and I will be honest with you. It's not even here in my notes. I think I meant to add it, and then I forgot. But um, it's here at the bottom of the notes, actually. Is it? My gosh, I need to learn. To, this is what happens when you take a week off. You completely forget how to read. And I accidentally interrupted you. I should have waited until you finished. <laughs> yeah. So. Whenever you, <laughs> it's funny. Whenever I have a read interrupted, my brain's just like. Well, we weren't going to go back, so we're just going to erase all of this short-term memory. List off the rest of his skills, at least. I will, I will. Uh, no new skills. <laughs> uh, but his kid includes... <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Uh, but his kid includes Iceberg as a special attack slash resistance, Solo 3 as an A skill, and Defense slash resistance, Gap 3 as a C skill. And as I said, Leon is available as the four-star hero on this here, Special Heroes banner. Um, so we kind of went over the uniqueness of his, of the weapon triangle, um, disadvantage setting and stuff, but yeah, the advantage over two type, two weapon types and only unranged on one color, two color types, I should say only ranged on one of the colors, but Mm -hmm. still pretty useful. Yeah. I dig his slippers, his little purple slippers that he's wearing. They look like purple slippers. Maybe they're not <laughs> purple slippers. I don't know. It's the only thing that comes to mind. Probably when I... purple shoes, but... I don't know. They just look like they're showing a lot of feet. It just looks like cool slippers. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jealous of his of his cool open... open. Maybe Grado's hot, so they need extra, uh, extra comfy shoes. I mean, most slippers generally don't have open toes, so... No, it's not open toes. It's, like, open top of your foot. I don't even know if there's a special okay. phrase for that, but... Anyways, I don't know. Save us from this... I don't know, shoes. I just... I just They fit, I put them on, and I walk. Yes, uh, the next unit is Erica, Twin Refulgence. The twin children of Renee are the duo unit from this banner. Erica is joined by her brother, Ephraim, who trained her in the use of the sword after she insisted he do so. Uh after her having been sheltered for her whole life before that. They are a Red Sword Infantry duo unit with their dual skill, which grants dodge to unit and allies within three rows and three columns centered on them. Dodge is a keyword where the uh, if the unit's speed is greater than their foe's speed, they get reduced in damage from attacks and during attacks during combat and AoE specials, not including worker specials. By a percentage determined of the difference between the two speed stats times four up to 40%. Uh, this duo skill uh, does cannot be used multiple you know, times in one turn, but it does reset at the start of odd number turns, allowing it to be used again. Uh, they wield the, now pre- prepare for the shock of this, the Blade of Renee, which accelerates their special trigger. And if they initiate combat, they or... Um, so if they initiate combat or they are within two spaces of an ally, they get plus five to the four main stats, attack speed, defense resistance. And also if they if the keyword bonus or penalty is active on a foe, uh, or if a bonus or a penalty is active on a foe, they deal damage equal to 20% of the foe's defense and heal for 20% of the foe's defense, which will tra- the healing will trigger even if they deal zero damage. They have no new skills, not counting the duo skill, but do come with Luna, Distant Foil, Null Follow-Up, and Joint Drive Speed. You know, we were talking earlier about this banner and how we thought, oh, it's sacred. why do they choose Sacred Stones? And I think when you look at the duo hero, it becomes pretty apparent. I mean, you have a game that um, a majority of your audience 
is going to recognize because it's the second one to come to the entire world. And then you have uh, twins. You know, you have the uh, the brother-sister duo. I, I think it makes perfect sense. And uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm sure there are I'm yeah, sure multiple can... brother-sister duos within the game. So Exactly, exactly. So, I, I mean, we could certainly sit here and, and you know, uh, rhyme off a bunch of other iconic duos, but I think I think if you're looking for that next easy win, I think these two make sense and and yeah. make, you know bring Sacred Stones to the front of mind when you're looking at a, a throwback banner, right? Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I think they look great. It, it you know they both got the uh, they both they both got sort of like a matching sword combo duo, and we know from playing Sacred Stones they they trained a lot together when they were kids and. I don't know. It fits. I like it. Yeah, definitely fits. And I like that Erica is the focus unit, not Ephraim. Exactly. Although it does make Ephraim the first unit that has appeared as both the main unit on a duo hero and the uh, second unit on a duo hero. Mm, that's an interesting point. Yeah, he... And maybe that's... I mean, I I agree with you. I think it's great that Erica is the focus here and Ephraim is, is sort of the, the duo to the to the hero um but i wonder if maybe that's why they made the swap in that Ephraim already has a duo hero and they didn't want to sort of double up in that in that regard but... um, the weapon type might also be part of it because Ephraim is a lance user in the game uh he it was he's knowledgeable of the sword because he is the one who as i mentioned trained erica in the sword initially but he is more of a lance unit and this is a sword unit so uh, that's also a really good point. Yeah, that makes sense. And as you said, trained Erica, so it works in the sense that, uh, that he's got the sword and, and they're a duo. Lots of good reasons to include Erica, but uh, not to go uh, left out. We finally have our last hero of this here roundup, and that is Innis Frelian Moonlight. As a young boy, Innis was already familiar with Ephraim and Erica of Renee. In fact, he saw Ephraim as a rival even back then. Innis is a colorless bow infantry unit wielding Bow of Frelia, which accelerates special trigger uh, cooldown count minus one. He is effective against flying foes. At start of combat, if unit's HP is greater than or equal to 25%, grants attack slash speed plus six to unit during combat, and also if special triggers, excluding area of effect specials, deals plus seven damage and neutralizes reduces damage by x percent effects from non-special skills no new skills as this is the tempest trials plus unit of the banner but innis's kit includes glimmer as a special swiss sparrow 2 in the a slot which is a five star unlock and distant guard 3 in the c slot so uh that tempest trials unit by the time you hear this recording he'll be available if you get to uh your standard scores in tempest trials but uh yeah, Innis not to be left out. He has he has arrived, and um, it made sense. One nice thing about these child banners is that they seem to make pretty good uh, Temestral units for them. Yeah, so I remember Young Minerva was pretty powerful, and Young Innis here seems pretty powerful too. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember Minerva they, being one of my favorite units to come out of that banner. I think they did a really good job with her. Oh yeah, there can definitely be some TT units that are like, yeah, not. They, they put him there because he wasn't worth paying attention to. Also, I'm looking at the the artwork for Innis, and they really captured his 
I don't care, <laughs> like, look <laughs> on his face. He's just like, I will beat you. I am, I am Innis. I, I am your rival and you are nothing. And, and it's written all over his face. So, uh, <laughs> it's really good. So you should definitely check that out. Go earn your, uh, free Innis character for this game by p- checking out Tempest Trials. But that is going to bring us to our next segment of the show, heading into the Outrealm Gate, as we continue to play through Three Houses, uh, White Clouds, which is the Claude route. And today, we are going to be going into Chapter 10, and I have prepared a lovely intro, overview, uh, say-what-you-will um, description. I don't know why I'm doing this, but uh, we kick things <laughs> No, nobody knows why you do nobody what knows. you do. Not even I. If I don't, you don't, nobody knows. Um, after the death of Geralt, Claude offers his condolences about Geralt's death and borrows his diary to find out more information about Byleth and the Church of Saros. Meanwhile... He asks to borrow the diary. <laughs> he does ask. You give him... You, you are given a choice. That's a really good, a good point. Um... Did you, I always get, I gave it to him. Did, did you say no? No, I said yes, but I like that he says, oh, that's that's helpful because I don't have to sneak in here and read it later today. <laughs> yeah, Claude's, uh, Claude's not too, care- he, he doesn't really, I have this clip sitting on my Switch that I keep meaning to tweet because we've been playing through Three Houses this entire year so far. And it's basically just like shows how disrespectful Claude is towards his teacher um and it, it's just the way he talks to to Byleth is just if i if i talk to my teachers like that oh man I'm not sure disrespectful is quite the word he's just uh it's, it's hard to describe because it's not like he doesn't respect Byleth he just doesn't hold to formality and doesn't worry about being prim and proper and you know mincing words because they're technically in power above you or whatever it's a very forgiving way of <laughs> describing. Yeah. Like a lot of teachers that I'm thinking of, like the the if if someone reacted that way to them, they probably wouldn't wouldn't uh, take it very well. But I mean, oh, hey, I'm not arguing. Most teachers would not accept it. Exactly, but. exactly. My thought. I mean, I I grew up. My entire mom's side of the family is uh, our teachers, and uh, yeah, yeah. So if I went up to them and say, "Hey, teach," I think they'd probably correct me. And uh, it would not it would not go as well as uh, Byleth and Claude's inter- interactions. But um, you are right. He he does ask you if he can borrow the diary, which is a really weird thing to do when you're trying to console a friend after losing their father. Um, maybe wait a couple days, I guess. But uh, and then also saying I'm going to go steal it is like man, like he pulls. You're well, right. He's he pulls not no going punches. to go steal it. He would have stolen it if you didn't let him read it. True, which makes you feel all the more comforted by your friend. Meanwhile, the Flame Emperor Monica and the mage who rescued her, now identified as Thales, meet outside Garrick Mock Monastery. Thales, referring to Monica by the name of Kranya, recounts how the Flame Emperor is their greatest celebra- or greatest creation and is to cleanse Fodlin and bring salvation with their new power. But the Flame Emperor expresses disgust at their actions in Duskar and Embar and refuses to play along with their schemes. Garrick Mock enters a state of mourning in response to Gerald's death as the Knights of Saros sortie, sortie? Uh, I think, exit to investigate his murderers. I'm 
that's French for exit. I don't know if that's a mistake or sortie. Hey, uh, <laughs> going on a sortie. I've heard it used before. So I yeah. Anyways, uh, there was a point I wanted to to touch on here, uh, and you can probably shed some light on it because you have played uh, Blue Lions. Are they alluding that the uh, those that lurk in the shadows are responsible for what happened in Duskar and Embar? That's off. I want to say off camera. Well, Embar, we don't know what happened necessarily in Embar at this point. Uh, maybe you know by the time you reach um, this point in Crimson Flower, but I don't remember. But uh, yeah, it is implying that what happened in Dusker is the re- fault of those who lurk in the shadows. And most likely, it's probably something similar to what they did in Ramire. Right. With a the... couple chapters earlier. Yeah. Which we know was them with Solon. Exactly. So they, they had poisoned and sort of turned the villagers uh, against each other. So. Yeah, through the magic and stuff, it it's possible that it's implying and hinting that they did that in Dusker and the tragedy of Dusker that everyone talks about was one of their first experiments with this. Ugh, okay. Of what happened in Ramire. Yeah, that's, uh, that is not good and can explain a couple of reasons why the Blue Lions route is, um, is, is so traumatic. Uh, but uh, at the end of the month, Claude reveals that the killers have been spotted in the sealed forest outside the monastery and that Rhea intends to deal with them without Byleth. Rhea explains that she is worried the enemy is using their hunger for revenge to bait them into a trap, but the Lord convinces her to allow them to go by pointing out that Byleth is the only relic wielder on hand and that they cannot leave the monastery undefended. Um, obviously an in-game reason for uh, bringing Byleth along, but um, there's a bunch of mm-hmm. relic wielders, <laughs> no doubt, in your crew, so overpowered. Um, it, in my crew, and also there's Catherine. Right. Although I don't think you can bring Catherine and... Um, she might be off on another search, search elsewhere, so... Yeah, I think Catherine and Shamir are unavailable for this mission. Uh, I can't remember. They're, you're right, they're you know, hand wavy off at another mission type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it is sometimes a lot of these games, there is some gameplay disconnect from the story. So that's, that's kind of one of them there. Uh, Byleth and the students storm the forest and confront the badly injured uh, Kranya or sorry, and badly injure Kranya as she attempts to flee. Solon appears and betrays her using her as a sacrifice to fuel a dark ritual and imprison Byleth in the realm of darkness so this was one of those moments in the game, so we can pause here from, from sort of going over the overview and talk a little bit, because there's this moment, there's this transition here where you feel you've finished the mission, you get a uh, animated cutscene, um, and you think like, oh, this is the end of the chapter, and you kind of have that interstitial where Bylas is trapped, and um, it, it kind of opens up the game again to like a like a chapter 10 part two, you know, where you're, you're now forced to fight even more. Right. Yes. And no, um, I see where you're going from because it does paint Kronia as the boss of the level, uh, initially, but I mean, one, the number of allies she has with her and two, the design of the map kind of made it feel like there was some kind of part one, part two type situation going on here. You know, side chapters, they tend to use only a portion of the map, but in most story chapters, they'll use the whole map. That is a very good point. 
Yeah, usually the whole map is is very well utilized, and you see it right off the bat being utilized. So um, there yeah. there is a telegraph there, and obviously I've played it before. So, but I had forgotten um, that it kind of uh, did this shift. But essentially, what happens in the realm of darkness? Thothis, Sothis angrily ber- berates Byleth for their recklessness. Uh, she remembers that she is the goddess of Fodlan, and that Rhea somehow sealed her inside Byleth when they were an infant and explains that the only way to escape is for Byleth to absorb her individuality and power. Byleth and Sothis merge, granting Byleth extreme power, and they escape from the realm of darkness and slay Solon, who is who in his dying breath declares that Thales will carry out their mission. After the battle, during a conversation with the Lord character, in this case Claude, Byleth collapses from exhaustion. They wake uh, to hear Rhea singing for them, and Rhea reveals that she always hoped that the power of Sothis would reside in them. Um, so th- this is the interesting part where like you're in, in the realm of darkness. Sothis has this like realization like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm that God, you know, <laughs> even though like mm-hmm. before it was like, Oh, my name is the same as that God. That's really weird. <laughs> and then like a few chapters later, Oh no, wait, I am that God. Yeah. S- speaking of, you know, foreshadowing. Yeah. Oof. Yeah heavy hand Weird, obvious foreshadowing exactly yeah but i remember really um liking this uh this sort of change where um you you come so you merge you come back you've got like the lime green hair which i thought is very hard to pull off but byleth does a really good job with it mm-hmm. um i've always yeah. thought female byleth pulled it off a lot better than male byleth so i'll, I'll give female byleth the edge well, on I that mean- one it's hard to pull off anything with a bull cut, so. <laughs> yes, that's great. Um, and Byleth but, isn't quite an exact bull cut. Look to uh, Lawrence for that, but. He's close. He's, he's, you know what? I'll say this. He's close enough that he would have been teased in school if, if, yeah. uh, with that bull cut. You're right. It doesn't matter if you even said, it's not really a bull cut. It's like close to a bull cut. Mm, you're probably still gonna, unless it was the style. When I was a kid, I think I got like one or two bowl cuts and it, it was just a thing that happened. Um, and, uh, it was all cool, but yeah, he's a teacher. He shouldn't have a bowl cut. And this is where you get your enlightened one class, if I recall correctly. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it's, it probably is granted to you during combat, right? Like they just switch you over automatically. I'm or... pretty sure. Yeah. You automatically switch into it after the cutscene. That's okay. Yeah. So that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, um, now this could get into spoilery stuff, but it's not something that I experienced, but Sothis kind of ceases to exist at this stage. Um, I don't know if she pops back up at all, especially in, in my playthrough. I did the, now I'm trying to remember, maybe I'm incorrect because she does say like, when we merge, I won't be around anymore. Right. From what I recall, and this is potentially getting a spoilery, you hear her voice later on at times, once in a while, not anywhere to the degree that you do now, but you like hear her voice, and but she does not appear as a physical image again. Uh, there's one point where you, I definitely recall you, her talking to you, but that would be kind of a heavy spoiler to mention it. Yeah, we won't go, won't go that far, but... So. 
it essentially like this is another one of those big chapters we're starting to get into the realm of like okay the story's picking up we're heading to a, a conclusion for part one um i think we've got maybe three chapters left if i recall correctly um uh, i think two two oh okay yeah because there's 12 the, parts chapter 11 when you um uh go with Rhea for a special ritual she wants you to complete, and then chapter 12, a shortened chapter when everything breaks out, and then you go into part two. Mm-hmm. I am so looking forward to part two. This is going to be the first time making it through part one a second time, so I'm, I'm excited to experience more story. Um, we will be back uh, next week with uh, more paralogues and chapter 11, and hopefully we were able to get that stuff done. But uh, yeah, I really like this chapter. I felt like it pushed forward. I remember when I first played through it, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen when Byleth got sort of trapped. Uh, it seemed pretty dire. Obviously, knowing the game continues, something was going to happen, but um, I kind of grew to like Sothis hanging around. I, I like sort of the inner monologuing that was going on. You're, you're her talking to you and you kind of just grunting and choosing options i I like that and i i missed it after this yeah i don't recall if i had it fully spoiled but i think like the opening movie and other you know launch trailers kind of half hinted at this where like you know you had images of them merging or other stuff like that all the details of exactly what it meant and how that worked was hard to understand but this is the Famous cutscene that all the Smash Brothers fans loved so much when it was used to announce the bringing of Byleth to Smash. Oh, what do you mean? I'm trying to remember that Smash reveal. They kind of had you know, a cut-down version of Byleth getting trapped in the Dark Void with uh, Sothis talking to Byleth and saying, the only, resp- only thing to do is join Smash. <laughs> Instead of the whole merging story they do in here and merging, yeah, I gotta go watch that and then trailer. Come flying out with all the sort, all the uh, weapons of the four house leaders. Well, you know what? If you if you were offended by Byleth joining Smash, like I, I do, um, that sucks. But I really like that Smash reveal, and you just you kind of reminded me of. I'm gonna watch it after we we record because uh, I remember it being really cool and. Man, I'm not denying it was really cool, and you know, I think even the ones who hated Byleth being announced might admit that it was a cool announcement. It's just they didn't want another Fire Emblem character because you know the only games that matter are the ones that they know about. So, <laughs> well, here's how, the how dare how dare Nintendo bring one of their popular franchises to the game? Yeah, I I don't think we, there's a risk of Fire Emblem popping into Smash Brothers with uh, the rest of the DLC. Although now that I've said it no, out I there, think, I think they're good, but who knows? You never know. Yeah, you try not to say these sort of things out loud, but uh, we just did, and now it's in a podcast, and you I guess you have record of being able to blame us. Um, but before we do any more damage to the Smashverse, we are going to end it there. Uh, as I said, we will return next week with Chapter Eleven, and we've got a couple of paralogs in the. Uh, in our back pockets that we're going to talk about. Um, I guess I can tell you which ones they are because they're listed right here. We have uh, an ocean view, which is the Flane and Sedith paralogue, as well as the Dividing the World paralogue, which is the uh, Hilda and Cyril 
Uh, and then another one in our back pocket is Sword and Shield of Saros, which is, um, that's the Shamir and... Alois. Alois, thank you. And I've been holding off on doing that one until I could recruit Alois. Uh, if I can't recruit him next month or at the start of this month that we're going to be doing next week, um, I'll just do it anyway. But since, you know, uh, same thing for the Flame and Seteth one. I've been waiting until I could recruit uh, Seteth. Yeah, I don't know so. when you can recruit Seth. I don't have him yet, but... Uh, yeah, Seth might not be recruitable until Chapter 12, and for all I know, Alois might not be recruitable until Chapter 12. But if I can recruit him next month, I'll do that and do their paralogs with them. At, at some point, we will talk about these paralogs, so keep those in mind. And I'm sure if you're playing alongside us, you're doing all the paralogs, and you're, uh, you're, you're quickly looking forward to Part 2 of uh, the Claude Route. Um, but that is going to do it for our show this week. You can find more of our episodes at gamersinpodcast.com slash fay. You can email the show, fay at gamersinpodcast.com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers In Discord at bit.ly slash Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow the show at the Gamers In for show updates. Be sure to check out serenesforce.net, our go-to resource for Fire Emblem news and information. It's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week, and happy summoning.